Wilbur McLean can't seem to get away from the Civil War. Right. Because his home is destroyed, he lives in the city of Manassas uh, during the first battle of the Civil War. He wants to move away from the fighting, so he moves to the town of Clover Hill, which becomes the town of Appomattox Courthouse. And when the surrender takes place, Marshall, who is Lee's a second right-hand man um, aide, has to find a suitable place for surrender. And <laughs> he finds the Wilbur McLean house <laughs> in Appomattox Courthouse. Welcome to Talk With History. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we give you insights to our history-inspired world travels, YouTube channel journey, and examine history through deeper conversations with the curious, the explorers, and the history lovers out there. Now, before we get into our main topic tonight, I do want to ask for reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. The reviews really do help us help the show grow, and we are still slowly plotting away at chipping away at that lead with the History Channel. We're coming I, after I'm you. I'm not aware of podcasts that they put on, so maybe <laughs> maybe we're ahead of them on the podcast front. Yeah, I'm just gonna kind of. We're throw, gonna have more subscribers in the History Channel someday. We will. Jen, why don't you tell us what we're talking about today? One of our our videos that we just released. Yeah, it's, this uh, video and this podcast is a very important place and moment in time for any history lover, any adventurer, any explorer, because we go to a place that's a, a bucket list historical yeah. location. And you lead off the video, I mean, right off with that. Hey, bucket list place for any history fan or historian. Mm -hmm. So where were we? We were at Appomattox Courthouse. So we, we were at Appomattox Courthouse. So if you don't know, or if you if you're if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, we just live a couple hours away from there. We live in Virginia, and so we had to get out to Appomattox. Yes. And we actually learned a fair amount while we were there. Like you had you kind of done some research before we got out there, but um, one of the things that a lot of people didn't know was kind of the whole naming convention. We kind of let off with that. Yes, because. It's always a confusing thing for any historian when they talk about the surrender of the Civil War. And we'll go into some of the feedback we've gotten from people. The uh, This is the official surrender of the Civil War. This is where Lee and Grant will meet. So you got the commander of the Confederate forces and the commander of the Union forces are going to meet and actually work out terms of surrender. There are other people historians who will surmise other moments and battles that were the actual surrendering points or when the thing when tides were turned towards surrender but this is the actual moment where they're going to meet officially and um, write up terms of surrender and so I want to make that very clear. Yeah, we, we did. And it's common with, with all of our videos, um, especially the more popular ones, that people always kind of jump in. And we actually, we had, we had some folks kind of teach us, you know, some some interesting interesting mm -hmm. facts on different videos, like, you know, the naming convention behind Bull Run and Manassas and things yes, like that. Yes. But for Appomattox specifically, uh, we always, we had a few folks jumping in and saying, hey, this wasn't the actual end. Like there was troops over here fighting like a few weeks and later. And that's true because, I mean, things aren't, communication isn't traveling quickly. 
Yeah. Right? It's not like it's a phone call. Okay, war is over. It doesn't it's, work that way. It's the 1860s. Exactly. I mean, it takes weeks for a word to get anywhere to exactly. do anything. Exactly. So, yeah, there were people still fighting. Absolutely. But this is the official surrender. What was also interesting is you're going to, if you're a you know, moderate historian, you know the surrender happened in Appomattox Courthouse. And it sounds like a location. Right. A building. A building. And it is a building. But it's also the name of of the town and the surrender doesn't take place in the actual courthouse building of Appomattox. It takes place in the McLean house, which is located in the town of Appomattox courthouse. The, the Appomattox courthouse, the actual building, the courthouse, that's where the visitor center is. Yes. And that has a great visitor center. It's very good. It's very good. A lot of information. They have a, a great movie there. And I think, famous actors are in that movie and it sets the tone for where you're at and the buildup and what happened uh, that day in April in 1865. So it's a, it's very good to get in there and watch that movie. Plus they have some artifacts in there. They have the actual surrender table in there. So it, it, you definitely want to visit the actual Appomattox courthouse in Appomattox courthouse because it is the visitor center. Yeah, so it's not. It wasn't the Appomattox, the actual building, the courthouse building where the surrender took place. But again, that that visitor center and some of the other things there, like they actually probably have one of the best depictions of what it actually looked like inside of the McLean House when they were sitting down and actually, you know, signing the signing the paperwork. Yes. Because they they pointed out one of the things that I like that they pointed out. They said, "Hey, this painting over here." is very famous and a lot of people misconstrue that as what actually happened and it's the painting of Grant and Lee where they're almost like sitting right at the same table yeah. right next to each other in the center of the room and that's actually in historically inaccurate it's inaccurate and also you have George Custer there who he wasn't there in the room uh, George Custer is pinnacle to the whole surrender in general because he's the first person to actually get the surrender flag or dish towel they use for the surrender but he's not in the room when the official surrender documents are written out and signed. He's outside uh, with his men. So they have him there, I think, is to pay, some, to pay homage to him in his yeah. part in the surrender, but he wasn't in the room. Yeah, so from there, we, we were in the actual courthouse itself, which was a visitor center, so we were chit-chatting in this, and the other. And all of a sudden, when we were there, we hear this announcement. You know, the, the, the McLean house, if you want to see the McLean house, it will be closing in like like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. 15 minutes. You have, yeah. you have 15 minutes and it's closing for the next 90 minutes. And we're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? We had just gotten there. So we, we had kind over. of made our way up. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to ha- like have to wait to go to the one building that we actually went to go see for 90 minutes because they were, you know, the people there were working. They were yeah, they had to a take lunch a break. lunch break. So we've talked about Wilbur... McLean before. Right. We've talked about him on two separate uh, occasions with Walk With History. We have visited his grave in the Alexandria Cemetery, and we had visited kind of the area where his home was in the first battle of Bull Run, the first battle of the Civil War. He is also a historic character of the Civil War because Wilbur McLean can't seem to get away from the Civil War. Right. Because his home is destroyed... He lives in the city of Manassas uh, during the first battle of the Civil War. He wants to move away from the fighting, so he moves to the town of Clover Hill, which becomes the town of Appomattox Courthouse. And when the surrender takes place, 
Marshall, who is Lee's a second right-hand man um, aide, has to find a suitable place for surrender. And <laughs> he finds the Wilbur McLean house <laughs> in Appomattox Courthouse. And the, the surrender takes place in the parlor. So Wilbur McLean cannot get away from the Civil War. It begins yeah. and ends uh, where he lives. And, and that's and it's funny. I've mentioned it a couple times throughout this podcast and videos and things like that. I love the random little historic characters that just pop up and are well known for some one random thing. And Wilmer McLean is one of those. And so that just kind of made me smile because now we've kind of visited where, you know, where the Civil War started, where the Civil War ended, and where Wilmer McLean, who was at both of those locations for both times, where he's actually buried. So it's interesting that the town is called Appomattox Courthouse. And we talk a little bit about that in the video. Clover Hill, that town, is about 100 people. And it's a farming community. So half the people are enslaved because when you have farming in the South, your laborers are enslaved. So half of the town is enslaved. It is along the Lynchburg stagecoach line. And they decided to build a courthouse there for government, for governing. So people in the county can come and do their ju ju judicial business. When a courthouse is established, they start to call that area where the courthouse is along the stage line, they name it after the courthouse. So even though it's the town of Clover Hill and you will hear Clover Hill Tavern, and that is the location where they print all the pardon slips after the surrender, it officially becomes the town of Appomattox Courthouse after the courthouse is established there. And that is why when people say the surrender happened in Appomattox Courthouse, you're like, yes, the town of Appomattox Courthouse. Wilbur McLean's house, which isn't very far from Appomattox Courthouse. So when they said you have 90 minutes, you can just go out the front door and it's like straight shot. Yes, yeah, maybe 30 yards. And it's right there to the left. Now, what's interesting about that home, it's built in 1848. It, it has a tavern type style to it. If you've been to other uh, colonial tavern type homes, but it was in the 1890s, it was completely taken apart. And they had financiers who had come in, come in and wanted to move it. And they were gonna move it to Washington DC uh, and make it a museum so people could go in and visit and see where the official surrender of the Civil War took place. So they took it apart, they took plans of it all, and it, and it sat there and the financing fell through to actually move it. So it sat as bricks and wood for about 50 years. And people would come and take souvenirs and take a brick here, take a piece of wood here. And the uh, National Park Service bought it uh, in 1939 and rebuilt it to the specifications that they had. But the Civil, the uh, World War II breaks out. So it's, they don't have the financing right away. So it takes about 10 years to rebuild it. It opens to the public in 1949. But it is in the same location. It is built to the specifications. They have gotten furniture in there to replicate what it looked like because we will talk about this, the actual furniture is in other locations. But you get the sense of what that looked like that day, what Lee felt, what Grant felt as they're walking up the steps and the people and the surrounding area. So it is still very historically relevant. And they did use the same materials that were left behind 
So it is a very historic place to visit. Yeah, and, and the house itself, I mean, even for the time, it must have been pretty big. Because it, it's a decent-sized house even by, by t- today's standards. When you think of a tavern, yeah. having to entertain and feed people who come to visit, it does have that kind of feel to it. So it, so it makes sense that that's where they would pick mm-hmm. because it had the space, right? Even the room, you know, the as you kind of joke, the room where it happened. Um, you go in there and, and it's a decent sized room. You could see there was probably what 10 ish men in there or something yes, like that. Yeah, but um, 12 men. and so, so it's, it's a decent sized house, very picturesque, right? With the courthouse on one end and then, you know, the, the parking lot where we drove up and parked mm-hmm. on the other. And then there's the McLean house and there's other little, you know, the timing when we went, you know, what was that? April, early May. The end of April. So I bet it's very busy the beginning of April since that's the time frame oh, sure. of when the surrender takes place, uh, April 9th, 1865. But we got there the end of April, which was perfect weather uh, it was, and not very crowded. It was it was gorgeous. If you're ever going to go visit, that the springtime is, is fantastic because was, everything was green. Everything was in bloom. Um, some of the bugs were out a little bit for, for us that yeah. day, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, not a lot of it wasn't very crowded and they have tons and tons of signs and historic markers you can literally just kind of meander around yes. this small town i mean now a national park and just kind of read everything all along the way there's actually a hike you can do because lee's headquarters and grant's headquarters are pretty spaced opposite each other in the area and you can actually hike from one to the other and it kind of goes through the town of Appomattox Courthouse and you see people out there hiking and walking and things like that and we visited other locations close by we'll talk about the Confederate Cemetery we saw and other kind of markers we saw but it is a really great location if you want to spend the day Uh, they have picnic tables and like if you want to spend the day with your family it's a really great place to kind of walk around it kind of reminds me of was battle bull run a little bit maybe a yeah. very 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 smaller scale gettysburg type thing sure but it's not really a drivable trail like yorktown or gettysburg it's much more of a walking but it is pretty much like a day trip and i, I loved being out on the, the front steps of the mclean house because you really could and you do a good job of kind of describing like imagine you know being here mm-hmm. and Lee, you know, comes up to the McLean house in his nice clean uniform, pressed, you know, all this stuff. He gets there first. He's hanging out for, for 30 minutes 30 or minutes. so. Mm-hmm. And then up, up comes Grant, just dirty. He'd been riding mud. mud. You can barely tell he's a general other than by mm-hmm. the jacket that yeah. he's wearing. And you can picture both in this setting. It's, it's one of those locations. It's really, really neat. And you can kind of really feel what it was, what must have been like the back then. Yeah. And I also imagine back then, because you go on to say, to talk about how there was, it's like ninety thousand troops. Ninety thousand troops. So you think seventy, about seventy thousand Union troops, about thirty thousand Confederates, and they're camping out. I mean, they're not staying in the homes there. They're put. They're in their makeshift tents. So when you look at all the greenery in the area, you can imagine these troops are camped out everywhere. So it's very much a busy hustle and bustle and everyone's kind of watching for what's happening in this house. So what leads up to this? You're going to get Richmond Falls on April 3rd and Lee is leaving Richmond. Richmond has fallen to the north and he's trying to make it west and he's trying to make it west to meet up with the armies of North Carolina and Tennessee. 
And so the union is trying to cut him off before he gets there. So if you think of Appomattox as kind of west to Richmond, Appomattox, as I said, is on the stage line. It's also on the railroad line. And so Custer gets out there first on uh, April 7th, and he's able to stop these railroad cars that are bringing supplies to the south, and he burns them. And that's when Lee starts to realize that he, he's not going to be able to meet his men. They're trying to cut him off. And so Grant will send him a note on the 7th saying, would you like to surrender? And Lee is like, not yet, but what would that look like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like not yet, but what, what, what do you have in mind? Um, so they're kind of negotiating this. Lee still thinks maybe there's something that he can do. Maybe he can make it in time. But Custer and Sherman will actually completely uh, cut off the army at Appomattox and there's no way that they can rejoin and so they do fight a little bit you get some fighting on the 8th and 9th but it's Lee who decides uh, even though he says he'd rather die a thousand deaths it's Lee who decides to send the word to Grant uh, they bring out you know they 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 have the dish towel they give to Custer because that's who the actual fighting forces uh, Longstreet and Custer will meet Custer will stop fighting he will go through the line with the towel and they'll like, let's negotiate surrender. They'll get the note to Lee, ask Lee to find a location. They find the McLean house. Grant will have to ride uh, like 30 miles, which is crazy to meet him. That's why he's so dirty. And Lee gets there at one. Grant will get there at 1.30 on April 9th. Lee has been thinking about this. Of course, he looks very clean, very pressed in his uniform. Grant has also been thinking about this, but he's exhausted. He's just hopping off his horse. And mud covered. And when they meet, they're almost like in awe of each other. They both studied at West Point. They both are skilled men. Lee has been in the commander of the Confederate forces for all four years, five years. Grant has not, but Grant has proven himself as a fighter. And Grant stands so in awe of Lee, he doesn't even know what to talk about when he comes in. Yeah, he's like trying to make chit-chat. Chit-chats about their both, their military experience in the in the Spanish-American War. Let's talk about the Mexican-American War. Let's talk about what we were doing then. And Lee's like, okay, um, let's talk about surrender. So when they sit down to hash out terms of surrender, like I said, Lee will have one person with him. Marshall will be with him. Grant will have an entourage he has um sheridan he has uh robert todd lincoln is with him he has eli parker who is of the seneca american indian tribe is with him and eli parker is the one who's actually the scribe and the terms that lee is asking for i think are pretty reasonable and i think that's why grant grants them to him he asks most of his men are farmers from the south and they will be going back to their farms and a lot of them own their own horses and the horses will be very valuable and important to farming right to putting in seeds and all the things that you need on a farm and so he asks is if their men own a horse can they take the horse with them and grant says that's that's fine and he also says because they're farmers and because they're traveling can they keep their sidearms Again, a gun at the time is seen as a tool. Sure. It's seen, you know, as hunting for food, all these kind of things that a gun provides. And Grant also agrees to that. And he asks that the Confederates sign 
with their pardon that they will never take up arms again against the Union, against America, and they can keep their horse and they can keep their sidearm. And that is the terms of surrender. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, I mean, it was, I mean, Lincoln was pretty adamant about, you know, like the healing nature, right, Mm -hmm. and not being super harsh with these terms of surrender, right, and not saying like, hey, no, I want these people imprisoned, I don't, Mm -hmm. I want execution, like, he wasn't going for that, he wanted to kind of just finish this all off, it sounded like he didn't want to, like, create martyrs, like, he, he, I think you even mentioned in the video, he wanted to create that healing. Yeah, he, he didn't want to try Davis for treason. He didn't want to try Lee for treason. There, there was not going to be some kind of big trial and uh, execution. Like you said, he didn't want martyrs. And he also didn't want animosity from the South. Yeah. He wanted the South to, I mean, people have been fighting for four years. People have been dying. Uh, you know, Lincoln had lost a child during this whole time. And everyone is just very exhausted uh, war weary and he just wanted the south to go back and be welcomed back into the union i, I wouldn't say as a, effective citizens again but it also is you can't have this underground animosity building back up again it has to be you're back you're our countrymen you've you've paid your price You've lost so many people. There have been entire towns where every able-bodied man of 18 to 60 had been killed. Your economy is decimated. I mean, that's what happens to McLean. It's all his money's in the Confederacy. So after they do the surrender in his parlor and they take all his furniture. Suddenly he's broke. He's broke. So he can't even keep the house. He leaves, goes back to Alexandria. And so in, in a day, everything that all of these men have had and their families is worth nothing. And so Lincoln knows it's going to be a big rebuilding too as well. So he feels like people have paid the price. Yeah. And even, I I think that was even recognized there and it's immortalized in different kind of reenactments and videos that we've seen out there. What is it? Gods and generals is one of the, yeah. uh, Gettysburg is the big one, but gods and generals and and, and North and the South, North and the South. (laughs) Um, but but even even that so they one of the things that they call out both at, at the national park and I, I, when I was making the video a couple times in videos and they they they, they mentioned that when they had finished signing the paperwork the terms of surrender Lee kind of you know walks back outside he gets on his horse and Grant just kind of gives him this like kind of tip of the hat like takes his hat off salute like not an official military salute but you know something to acknowledge that. It's done, mm-hmm. right? And to, and to show that respect. And then remember, all the Union soldiers start to celebrate. That's right. They start firing their guns in the air, and Grant gets mad. Yeah. Remember, he right away, he has them stop, has them shush, has them be quiet, has them act respectful. Yeah. Because it, it really is a time of rebuilding. Yeah. It, it's a time of exhaustion when you think about it. And because again we talk about the lines of communication and what is happening now and how people travel we've talked about passes to travel and people carrying paperwork with them they go to print out these 30,000 pardons right we talk about 67 almost 70,000 union soldiers we have 30,000 confederate soldiers well now that they've all surrendered they need these passes of pardon right. to travel back to their homes because people are still fighting yeah. and so 
the Clover Tavern, which is close to the Appomattox Courthouse, they put in a printing press in the downstairs parlor, a big tavern, and they start printing out these 30,000 pardon passes so they can carry these passes with them. Well, and that's also how they get the word out. And you mentioned that in the video, like word, there's no phones, there's no, you know, nothing like that. And that's the way they, they get the word out is is these people walking home with this piece of paper saying, yes, the South has essentially surrendered and surrendered. this is my pass to mm-hmm. return home. Return home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's another way that the word of the end of the Civil War finally got spread was as these men were traveling home. Yes. And so you get a very symbolic the day after April 10th, you see um, Grant and Lee will meet one last time uh, towards... The one, the, 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 I think it's the East End of Appomattox. And they make a very symbolic show. All the men of the Confederacy will leave their rifles. Right. So they're allowed to keep their sidearms, but they leave their rifles and they show this um, surrendering of their weapons. And it's in that moment that people are really separating, starting to travel back home, starting to uh, go back to their lives. And that's also people acted very respectful of both sides in that moment out on the other side of Appomattox courthouse there's a confederate graveyard so on the 8th and 9th of april there was still fighting and there were soldiers who died in the vicinity of Appomattox courthouse and they basically buried them where they fell but a year later in 1866 these Southern women decided to dig up these graves and bury them all together. And they had found 18 Confederates and one Union soldier. That's right. Yes. And so they put them all in one graveyard. So when you when you look at my video on Instagram, there's 18 Confederate flags and one Union flag, one American flag in this graveyard uh, because they decided to bury them all side by side. They were able to identify, I think, half of them. The other half are still unknown. Not actually in the little village city area. It's, it's actually it's. Down probably like half a mile, mm-hmm. maybe maybe a mile down, maybe not even a mile. Um, but you know, you, you drive in, you actually see it on the way in mm-hmm. and you can come swing by and stop at it on the way out. It's actually a fairly popular Instagram reel for some reason. Yeah, I think because it's interesting to see Confederate flags on graves still, I yeah. think. And there's a marker there that we also bring attention to. Yeah, I noticed. That. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one who brought it to your attention. It's a very, again, we talk about this lost cause and the Southern. And I, I want to talk a little bit about this because I think Appomattox Courthouse um, Visitor Center does a very good job of telling the story of why federal soldiers are fighting, why Southern soldiers are fighting. Because you're going to get this still today, these two points of views, states' rights, uh, enslavement. What right. what are we fighting? Who's what are people fighting for? What's the cause of the Civil War? And this marker talks about um, after the Southern soldiers fought bravely for four years for their rights of their country. Uh, Lee surrendered, and it, it it really skews the numbers. Like oh yeah, nine thousand men. It's definitely you know. Old, old Southern leaning. Yes. For sure. So, and then it looks like they've taken off the whole bottom line that talks about Grant and how many men Grant had. They just kind of like have stripped it. Yeah. And it's not like it was weather worn because this is, this is a metal sign. These, these, <laughs> they, this was intentionally Somebody taken like, off. Yeah. Take it off. You could still read it. It was so interesting. That's interesting. I, I think it's important to keep those markers up because sure. I think it's important to show how people, 
even still wanted to protect the story and protect their ideals and what they were fighting for. And I think Appomattox does a good job. They talk about why federal soldiers fought. You got a lot of recent immigrants who joined the Union. They come to America for a reason. All these immigrants are coming in the 1860s because American liberty and independence and prosperity. So they think if they fight for the Union, they're going to be able to preserve that what they came for oh, right okay. they don't want to lose that interesting and so the whole point of keeping america together is all of this commerce works together all of this american trade and resources they all work together and immigrants who have come here to partake in that don't want to lose that and then they have why confederate soldiers fought and they talk about a crucial motivator for many soldiers was the defense of their homes and their families against Northern armies. And whether or not they owned enslaved, they did believe in a, still a hierarchy. There was still a hierarchy in their minds, even if they're not owning enslaved, that there was a supremacy uh, based on race. So, but they, I think, and I think it's true that most Southern soldiers are not enslavers. They don't own enslaved. Yeah, they and, were not all of them were that rich. And and they're fighting because their families are coming under attack. But we we do know that enslavement is the cause of the Civil War because and even though Lincoln and they make a point to say this, he did not advocate for the abolition of slavery. So even though Lincoln did not advocate for that running as president, he never would have won. If sure. What is happening is he's advocating for the no spread of enslavement. So what's going on with the Missouri Compromise and Kansas is they want to spread enslavement to other states because it's a way to have free labor. It's a way for commerce to work. And uh, Lincoln wants to stop that because it does hurt the economy when you can't pay laborers. Sure. And you get all these immigrants coming to America and they are laborers. Right. And so that's what Lincoln is stopping, the spread of enslavement. And then it will and then you're gonna have the southern states who write their constitutions putting enslavement as part of their cause. So it does become more so the cause of the Civil War. And then Lincoln will see the strength behind that right. and the strength behind the Emancipation Proclamation and the strength behind enlisting uh, black soldiers. And it really gets full momentum during the Civil War. And I think the uh, Appomattox Courthouse does a very good job of telling that story because it's an honest story. Yeah, it's, and, not, it's, it's not leaning one way or the other. It's not leaning it's, one way or the is, other. This is how it was. Mm -hmm. And I, then people can really understand why you can still uh, needle in those kind of beliefs that are still kind of fought against today. Right. Uh, you can still see where that comes from. That's interesting because I had never, I had probably heard it right again, but not, not being the person that latched on to history mm -hmm. as I was going through my younger year education. I had never kind of considered that Lincoln was, would on the economic side of the slavery debate back then was, Hey, I want these people coming to our country so that they can, earn a living and help build this nation and this, that, and the other. And that wouldn't happen if slavery continued to spread mm -hmm. because that's essentially, you know, enslavement is, is free labor, mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote. And so that, to your point, that is kind of counteracting 
you know, being able to grow a, a true workforce mm-hmm. um, for people coming in. So I, I hadn't really considered that that piece of it. And obviously, that's one aspect sure. of the entire debate. Sure. But that was probably the, the genesis of some of it oh, from the ec- yeah. economic follow side. The money. Mm-hmm. You, you follow the money. Mm-hmm. And then from there, people start digging in their heels and they're like, well, we're just going to write it into our state constitution. Yeah. Slavery is okay. And, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, so it's, that's interesting to kind of, I've always heard that, mm-hmm. but that's that's an interesting way of kind of clarifying that that piece of it. Yeah, and I, I think Appomattox, that's why I really appreciate Appomattox Courthouse, is they're really preserving, they're not really pushing one way or the other, they're showing what actually happened and how those ideas slowly formed and got stronger throughout the Civil War. And I that is actually what did happen. And so I really appreciated that. We talked a little bit about the furniture in the McLean house. Yeah. So <laughs> we visited uh, the National History Museum at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. And the chairs from the surrender are there. The chair that Lee sat in, the chair that Grant sat in are at the Smithsonian in D.C. There's a recreation of those chairs. They look almost identical yep. in, the, in, the, in the McLean house, the Appomattox Courthouse. And the table, uh, I think there's a table in Chicago and there's a table in the actual Appomattox Courthouse, which were the actual tables that were there. Now, when the surrender actually takes place, you get, Custer is probably the worst at this, Union soldiers buying furniture or just taking furniture from the McLean house. Yeah, soldiers being soldiers. They take the chairs. Custer will take the table and the the truce flag, the yeah. dish towel that he gets. And people will take the chairs, buy the chairs, and pretty much McLean's house is cleaned out of furniture. Everybody just takes stuff. That poor so, guy. So this is also another reason why he leaves <laughs> because now his house has been stripped of furniture and his money's worth nothing. And so he goes back to Alexandria to make a living. The house will go into foreclosure. We talked about this and then yep. it gets taken apart. But uh, when Custer, Custer's killed at the Battle of Little Bighorn and his wife will go on a campaign to build up his name. That's why we know Custer so well today because his wife really did a good job of Interesting. building his interest. Uh, she will donate the, the flag and the table back to the Smithsonian upon her death. So you can see the truce flag in the Smithsonian. Yep. And then the, the desk is at? The desk is at uh, Appomattox Courthouse. So if you want to visit those things, that's where they are. And we talked about Eli Parker a little bit. Yeah. He was the Seneca soldier who was there uh, from the American Af- American Indian tribe that was there. He had a conversation with Lee. Yeah, you liked you you liked that. I liked it. it because uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of what the surgeon said with Reagan. Oh yeah. You know, today, sir, we're all Republicans. As Eli Parker and uh, Marshall are are working out the terms of the surrender, yeah, they're, they're writing. They're, it. they're describing it all out. They're describing it out. Lee asks uh, Parker, you know, if he's American Indian. He says, "Yes, I'm of the Seneca tribe." And he goes, "It's good. It's good to have one true American here." And he responds to Lee, "Sir, we're all Americans." And I just loved that. Yeah, and, and especially for that time period as well. Like it, it gives you just a little bit more insight into the mind that was, you know, General Lee 
right? Like that's just not a comment that you would expect in in that historical setting. And that's maybe just me being un, uneducated there, but I don't think that sentiment was common. No, and I don't think so either. And I think again, four years of fighting, really of war weariness. What are we fighting for? What are we killing each other for? I think those kind of sentiments are coming through. Yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. It's easy for kids too, right? If you ever want to bring kids there, we I mean we just kind of cut them loose outside. Um, there's stuff you can see behind the McLean house and slaves quarters, kind of showing your classic that kind of era, the separated kitchen, separated quarters, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Um, but other buildings to see, you know, the the gift shop was great. Um, they had like uh, you could go in and see like the prison, right? You know where they 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 mm-hmm. held you know certain behind folks behind the courthouse, behind the courthouse, the general store, general store, and all sorts of things to just kind of walk around and do. Great afternoon. There's not much too close to there, mm-hmm. so we actually have another video that that I made while we were there, kind of tips and tricks of, of visiting Appomattox Courthouse. So be on the lookout for that to to come out on the Walk with History YouTube channel soon. But for those listening, thank you for listening to the Talk with History podcast, and please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them, especially if you think that today's topic would end as a friend. Shoot them a text and tell them to look us up. We rely on you, our community, to grow, and we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.